This is the What's Brewing Podcast, brought to you by Plan First Asset Management and Financial Services. What's up, Bruin Nation? Johnny Gamut and Coach Tony Miller on the What's Brewing Podcast. We have Coach Mike Levere of the women's basketball team joining us on the show today. Coach, thanks for taking the time to... Uh, out of your uh, sun tanning and all the rest of the things that you do during the summer to, to fit us in. Yes, lazy summer days. Great <laughs> to be here. We uh, have a topic that we're going to be talking about today. Um, of course, this is the time of the year. You have the NBA draft. You have other things like that where uh, we get to look in depth at a player uh, and see uh, all the analysts and all the hosts and all the podcasts and different things talk about why this person's going to be successful, why this person's not going to be successful. And it got us to thinking about and uh, wanting to talk about kind of the intangibles and tangibles that coaches look for in student athletes, both at the college level and then ultimately. Um, I feel, you know, next level after that, if you're going to go in any kind of pro um, pro leagues or, or those kinds of things. So we have Coach Levere, uh, of course, no stranger to coaching, has a uh, long and tenured resume um, and, and, a, and a track record of success. So we felt like he'd be a good uh, person to bring in to talk about this. And, and, of, course, and of course, Coach Miller, uh, been an assistant for the men's basketball program for the last six years. So uh, two guys who know what they're talking about in terms of basketball, but also I'm going to apply this to different sports as well and, uh, and, and in the ways that we can. So I guess just to, to kind of get us started, guys, let's, let's talk about, you know, we get a plethora of recruit forms and emails and those kinds of things of student athletes who want to be part of your programs. So take me through, I guess, just the process of that. You know, when you get that initial email or you get that uh, – friend or acquaintance who says you got to check out this guy or you got to check out this girl they would really be good for your program I, I guess what are the immediate thoughts that go through your mind when when people go when that comes to you yeah this smiling because probably the first thought is skepticism <laughs> yeah. uh, when you when you hear something you, you get a lot of tips and, and a lot of notes from people and and so there's uh, you learn to be a, a bit of a cynic but um well, a lot of that is just because of technology. I mean, if you think even, you know, eight, nine years ago, if somebody was interested in your program, even once we started here, we were still getting sent a lot of DVDs and mailed. I don't know if I've ever got a VHS, but a DVD. <laughs> so it kind of took them. It, it, it was harder for them. So if they were more interested, it was more likely that you were going to get something. But now because of the ease, everybody's recording their high school games. Everybody has a huddle account. And so they'll just send you, everybody sends you if they're interested. How many How many do you probably get in a week? Uh, half a dozen. I mean, we probably average one a day, maybe, maybe a little more than that. And I'm sure the guys get more. That's the whole, and that's that's every week. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And it's an, it's an ongoing process. And like you said, the technology that's out there, it's it's a click of a button and you yeah. can you can email a clip to a coach or a file to a coach. And it certainly has made the recruiting pool a lot wider I feel like in terms of the accessibility that coaches have. So, so when you start that, start that you're zeroing in on that person. So you get that email. Well, we, we, we send on a, on a contact, we call a blind contact. We don't know the person and they just contacted us um, out of the blue. And, and again, we're not familiar with them at all. Uh, we send them an, an email that 
um, really will describe who we are, for one thing, and what we look for. And so I think kind of what you're getting at is, is you know, what, what are we looking for? What's, what's going to make a person stand out? And so um, number one thing for us is a fit. And uh, we're, we're, every institution, every coaching job is unique and has its uh, unique characteristics. But we are definitely unique here in, in that, first and foremost, we're looking for Christian young ladies that are, are talented in the game of basketball. So when we say fit, uh, we, we describe what we're looking for from a spiritual aspect. Um, and there are many that do not uh, respond to that, and that is fine. Uh, that means they're not a fit, and, and it doesn't, uh, you know, Bob Jones isn't uh, for everybody, and that's true of every institution in the world. There's, there's no, you know, perfect uh, fit for, for you know, universal fit. So that's a big part of it. And then um, we talk about uh, love and love of the game of basketball, passion for the game. And that means that they're going to be able to withstand the grind of college basketball. And and as we were just talking about, it's very easy to uh, gather film and send it, attach it to an email or or, uh, include a link to some film uh, in an email. And so the pool has grown and... um, there are a lot of people who think that they like the game of basketball, and they do. But the, in in college, it's a lot different. You know, we we it's basically year round when you when you're trying to be in the top three percent. If if you look at stats, three to four percent of high school, you know, basketball players get to play in college. So you know, are you the top three out of a hundred? And we really don't even want the top three out of a hundred. We want the top one out of a hundred. You know, we we're, we're trying to to be excellent. And so um, there's a lot of people that love the game, but maybe they're not in that top three or four percent. And then um, but they do get to college, and they don't realize the commitment that it takes. And so you've got to love the game uh, enough to put in the extra hours. We're going to practice two hours a day maybe, uh, five days, six days a week. Season hits, you're, you're um, traveling and got games. On top of that, if you want to improve, you've got to put some extra in, and that takes a whole lot more. That's another level. And so it's not just that we're starting in, in September and going through March which is a long, long season, and it gets to be a grind. But on top of just the team-required stuff, we want you to put some individual workouts in and uh, get up a lot lot of shots and that kind of thing. And so you've got to have that love of the game. And then uh, we want you to be a good teammate. And and we describe, you know, here's what we're looking for in teammates. And, um, you know, I consider myself a teammate of everybody that's on the team. And and we want us all to be able to work together and fit together and have, um, you know, that shared vision and and so then that goes back to the fit you know first and foremost we want to glorify god with our with our efforts and and our so uh all of that goes into really more of the attitude rather than the the physical abilities but uh we feel like those those are the most important things and you know part of being a good teammate uh, to further expound on that is just um the intangibles of of um self-sacrifice and being part of something bigger than yourself and most everybody that comes to the college level was the best player on their team, but they might not be the best player on our team. So maybe they were the go-to person in high school, and they're used to that. And you know, girls have egos too, and and uh, they might be looking to um, score a lot of points. And we don't need them to score points. Maybe we need them to set screens and, and rebound. And so they have to accept that role. And if we have found that good fit, and, and somebody who's going to be a good teammate is going to accept that role and, and recognize this is how I can help this team. So the intangibles there are first and foremost for us the the qualifiers and and then we start looking at the physical characteristics and you know I, I think Coach Miller has has similar things that they look for in the guys as well. 
Yeah, Coach. Let's let's talk a little bit about that. You know, and one of the things I know you have written down is that they're that they're elite at something. And yeah. I like how you put that because I know a couple episodes ago we talked about how um, in our day and age, and again, this is this is amplified by the the social media and the ESPN highlights and all that kind of stuff. A student athlete might think, well, if I'm not dropping 40 points a game, mm-hmm. there's no way I'm going to play at the next level. And mm-hmm. obviously, scoring is a big part of basketball or a big part of mm-hmm. really any sport. You know, if you don't generate offense, there there is more limited things that you can do. But mm-hmm. to the same degree, elaborate on that. What what do you mean by you know you want them to be elite at something? Yeah, from uh from going back to those emails. You know, that, that, it's one of the first things that you look for amongst – you kind of train your eyes to, to look for things throughout those emails. And, and one of them, as you look through video and film, once you start getting into those, is how can they help our team that we have right now or with the other pieces that we have coming in? And we touched on this a couple episodes ago, but, you know, I don't need a team full of shooters. I need somebody that is an elite rebounder or an elite passer. Or It's not so much even skill-wise. Coach talked about the fit here. Um, there are people who we have had on our teams who, from another perspective, and they would not be somebody that you would be like, that's an elite basketball player. Yeah. But for here, especially, and I know other schools value this as well, but characteristics that maybe it's a great leader or we know that this person is somebody who is a, a spiritual leader already at this stage in their life and is going to be more so over the next two or three years. And so... You know, when people come, I've had people come and say to me, like, well, my kid's better than that kid that's on your team, but they don't know the full story. Like, there there are other, again, characteristics and skills that that person possesses that is a perfect fit for our team that is going to help make our team better. So, you know, that that probably should go without saying, but if you're not elite at anything, it, it's not about you just being good. You know, it's about being that important component that's going to help with the other 14 people that are on your team or who, however, whatever sport you're playing, however many people you have, how do they fit with the rest to make our group better? Coach, I want to go back to something that you talked about early on in this is just, you know, getting, getting that high schooler who might be used to being the man or the woman in in your particular case, um, where they were the go-to player, you know, they scored the points. They most of the time got the rebounds. They, whatever it may be, how, how do you, guide in that discussion of bringing that student athlete in and saying, listen, you did score 25 points a game, but we already have, as Coach Miller alluded to, we already have somebody who's a junior this year who led the you know conference in scoring this last year. You're, you're going to need to fill this role. And, and how do you a- approach that subject in a way that the student athlete begins to see, I need to be more than just shooting the basketball? Well, that's very similar to time spent anybody who's coached at the high school level or middle school, maybe even younger, um, dealing with parents who have their vision of what their child can do or should be able to do. Uh, you know, I've, I've had parents in my office telling me my child should be getting a college scholarship and you're not getting that for them. And so data helps, objective data. And usually... Um, I, I, honestly, at the college level here, I've never had a real strong disagreement with somebody who felt like their role should be different because they they can see that. And some of that, I would say, points back to finding good fits here who are are, are coachable, good the ideal team player. But 
Um, for sure, we've had some who come in with, with one idea of what their college career is going to be, and it's not turning out to be exactly what they think. But we can look at the stats, and we, you know, we, we live in a day and age where we have awesome uh, availability of, of statistics. And so um, when I can go to them and say, look, you're, we even have plus minus, you know, I'm a hockey fan, and so that's a great <laughs> hockey term, but we, we can do a plus minus and say, you know, when you're on the floor, this is happening, or here's your assist to turnover ratio, and here's, you know, your points per possession, and, and go beyond just the how many points per game and rebounds per game you're getting. So when they look and see that, um, we even can do lineup, you know, analysis and this lineup with this person, even though we feel like maybe this player is better than that player, but for some reason the the lesser player in our minds meshes with these other four players better and and just better things happen on the floor so having the data available to us is is really an asset where we can sit down with the player and say you know here's here's what the data is showing us and um, that's a big help but for sure there are times you're going to have to have a conversation and say here's what we need you to do and, and it's maybe not what you're used to be doing and what you thought you would be asked to do here Maybe you thought you were going to be the point guard, but you know what? This young lady over here is is taking care of that position really well. But we need a backup, you know, whatever, and and um, you can fit that role. And so, um, most of the time, they can see, yeah, this is this is a, a a better fit for me, and 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 we hope that they can jump into that position and and recognize it. And, you know, it goes back to philosophy and and being authentic. We we teach that there's no one position that's or one person that's more important than anybody else on the team, and whether that's a backup player or you know the, the leading scorer doesn't doesn't matter they're all important that's why you really want somebody that has a real love for competing they want to compete because they're going to be constantly hungry rather than having that entitled mentality of I should be getting this I should be scoring this many points I should be getting this many assists or kills or whatever it is so if they're constantly competing you can go to them and tell them you should be getting this, or you should be better at this, and the competitor will have enough. You know, uh, we talk about pride being a bad thing, but they'll have enough pride in what they're doing that they that they want to compete and get better. Whether that's beating out another teammate, which I don't see anything wrong with that, or becoming better version of themselves. Yeah. As you guys both look at it, you know, as we're we're wrapping up the the, the podcast here, you know, for the student athlete or the parent who is listening or even the coach who's listening, you know, if you had to boil it down to just list out your, your top three things, you know, and I know we've, we've alluded to several of these already, but your top three coach Levere of outside of the game, outside of basketball, because obviously the X's and O's are going to look different, you know, based upon what you need as a team and and what that player, how they're going to fit your system, that kind of thing. So your top three, um, I don't want to call them intangibles because they're they're part of who the player is and their personality. But uh, what w- what would you say are the most important aspects outside of skill set that a player needs to have at the next level? Well, we talk about being the ideal team player, and and what does that mean? Um, number one, integrity, honesty, just um, and that and that ties in with another quality that we talk about a lot in our program, and that is humility, knowing knowing who they are, and that's how I define humility: is knowing who you are. And first and foremost, we're we're image bearers of Christ, and so we know we want to know who we are. But on the basketball court, we want to know what we can offer, what we can't do, you know, what we can and can't do. So uh, I, I would say integrity, humility, uh, and then going back to um, just 
coachability, teachability, willingness to learn and and uh, accept that they, uh, we don't know everything. And um, so I guess I'd say right off the top, those are, those are three things. How about you, Coach Miller? I think the biggest one for – and there was a reason why industriousness was the cornerstone for John Wooden and his pyramid of success. Just having that love for working and working hard at getting better – um, you know, we talked. You mentioned the NBA draft. One of the things that's so hard as a scout, whether that's you're scouting for the NBA or scouting for playing college basketball, we do as as coaches, is that it's difficult if you don't know somebody over a long period of time or haven't seen their body of work over several years to know if they're willing to put in the work, especially at the younger levels. Players get by on their talent, or they're the tallest, or something like that that they possess. They're the fastest. But that starts to even out the higher that you go. Everybody's the fastest. Everybody's the best shooter. Everybody's the – and what's going to separate them over time is how willing are they to and how much do they love with the process of getting better and and working hard. I think even of our players here, the ones that had the best careers – were the ones that kept getting better every single year. They didn't. They weren't just satisfied. But that's very difficult to know if you only know a kid when you're recruiting them in high school. Or that's why it's important for coaches to ask. Like you ask their coaches as somebody that really loves working hard. And a lot of times, to be honest, it's it's easy to tell that a lot of that even in a workout when a kid comes. I think just that that ability to work hard and then really especially for here is the grades, mm-hmm. being a good student athlete not just to remain eligible, but oftentimes it will show that if they don't work hard in the classroom, that a lot of times transfers over to, to how they do on, on the court. So it's a student that doesn't just get by and, you know, for us doing well, whether that's just in scores on ACTs or, you know, are they willing to put in the work and do they value that? Because that does show, again, something about their character. Well, not to flood your inboxes with more because probably as a result of this episode, people are going to reach out even more with mm-hmm. questions. Uh, but if you do have questions, feel free to look at our staff directory on bjubruins.com and uh, our coaches will be able to answer questions that you may have. Uh, if you're interested in improvement and in, in different skill sets and things, basketball camps, I believe, are over for this this summer. But uh, we have another uh, list of camps that are still going on this summer, bjubruins.com slash camps, and you can get more information on those. That's going to do it for this week's episode. For Coach Tony Miller, I'm Johnny Gamut, and that's What's Brewing. You've been listening to the What's Brewing podcast, brought to you by Plan First Asset Management and Financial Planning. To learn more, visit planfirst.com.